spread love doom 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 spread love hello beautiful people and welcome to POV with Kristen Gilmore where i interview interesting people that you and i are getting to know together this podcast was created to enlighten enrich and inform the basis is to spread love and extend god's grace to yourself and others Ha. Hello, beautiful people, and welcome to another episode of POV with Kristen Gilmore. I'm so glad to have you join us today because I have a very special human to share with you. She is a gem of the earth. I met her about, let's say, eight to ten years ago. We did a show together, and if I could give a couple words to describe her, she is loving kind, sincere, extremely talented. She has a laugh that can stop you dead in your tracks and command you to join. (laughs) She has a personality that you cling to. When you meet her, you meet softness and protection. You meet joy and availability. You meet openness with a soft, gentle layer of safety. And that's for herself and for you. Anique, thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me. You make me sound so peaceful. I'll take that. I I appreciate you very much. I'm happy to be here. I'm so grateful to have you. I've wanted you on the show for a while because I have been following you in your journey from a distance. So there's a lot I don't know, but from what I've seen you do, and how you move, it motivated me and inspired me to keep going on those days that uh, life just felt heavy or exhausting, or I wasn't sure about where I wanted to be next. And I got to watch you and see you pop up with something new or just even see your smile or just know in my spirit that you were still going. I know you to be an artist, but there's a lot I don't know about you. So can you please tell us a little bit about yourself? Absolutely. Um, I am from Fort Worth, Texas, uh, and I like to say that because I'm a little Southern girl um, who had bigger dreams than I knew how to wrap my head around. I am a daughter. I am a sister, a friend, a believer in God and all of his goodness. I am an artist, an actress, a singer, a writer, a seeker, growing to be just a better, my better self every day. I love that. You said you're an artist, you're an actor, you're a singer, you're a seeker, and you're growing to be your better self every day. One thing that stuck out to me was that you said you're a seeker. What are you seeking? Guidance consistently. God, uh, what are we doing? Uh, (laughs) Are we sure? Uh, No, but also just, I have always been an inquisitive kid. You can ask my mom. I would not stop asking questions about everything. A lot of questions about church and God. Well, what is this and what is that? But even outside of that, I'm 
documentary. Okay, well, how do we feel about this and why? And I'm that friend that will ask the deepest questions at the most random times, mainly because I hate small talk. But I just, I write as well, and I love the research portion. There's just, once you know one thing, you want to know another, and you just really are able to get to the root and the root of a situation, the heart of a person by seeking and really committing to that process, which is not always easy. It can be a little awkward from time to time, but you're able to just get to the root. You said writing. How, how did you fall in love? Well, one, are you in love with writing? And what was your first experience with it? Um, yes, I am in love with it. I I do love writing. And as much as it terrifies me, um, a lot of times I, I love it. My dad was a writer and a painter, but he would write these poems. And we had a computer that he'd always had me uh, type the poems up. So our, I, I recently found our old, old, like our first computer. Um, and we took the hard drive off of it and the memory and all that kind of stuff. And it was just filled with my father's uh, poetry um, and my little short stories as a, as a child. So that's how I first fell in love with it. But I first realized that I could do it too. After like, I was obsessed with movies and I'd watch them over and over again. I'd record them on a cassette, listen to them over and over again, both for the acting, I can, I can recite an Angela Bassett monologue in a second, but also for just the, the dialogue and the, um, that really taught me how to write. I remember watching The Best Man and Mia Long didn't get the man. And then I was just like, oh, I'm going to write something and you're going to get the man. I'm We'll, we'll put it up to this right now. And <laughs> at first was just like, oh, I love writing. But um, yeah, that, that really was what where it began. And then the older I grew, the more I realized how it could serve me and hopefully help others. I love that. You know, storytellers, they move the world. And I say that because whenever I'm having different kinds of emotions, joy, sadness, pain, anger, frustration. I know where to go. What book, what movie, you know, what scene, like, <laughs> you know, suddenly there's something that I can connect to that I need. And even sometimes when I need to like boohoo and ball, mm -hmm. I know what to watch. And it just helps me get those emotions out and hide behind sometimes those feelings that I'm just not ready to face yet. In your writing, have you ever had those experiences where you were suddenly like, hmm, I'm about to tell all my business or somebody else's journey that I know in a safe space and in a safe way? And have you ever seen it where it healed? Um, well, to answer the first question consistently, <laughs> I can, um, I'll say the first screenplay that I wrote I would like that I really wrote after you know after I let me along get the man when I'm first like okay I want to write something that I, I was just my heart was penetrated and that was after a girl I went to church with the mom was convicted of killing the father and she went to jail and the mom was behind the wheel and she was acting like she was going to run him over and the father had a heart attack. The mom didn't even hit him. 
but I was just broken because like, oh my goodness, you lost both of your parents now. Your dad died of a heart attack in the middle of the street from a fight with the mom. And now she's in jail. And I just remember being, I was had to have been in ninth grade. And I just remember being in my room and just bawling, 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 bawling for this girl, for their family, for like the fact that we could even get to that place. And then I came up with um, a script called Soul Survivor. And it it was, it dealt with that, like um, two parents, you know, one taking the other one's life, but it also dealt with um, abuse, sexual abuse that the father had been doing to, to the child. And that came from just, there was things in the news, like things that just, how could someone do something like that? And that's when I was first like, okay, writing can be more than just flowery things. Writing can actually tell a truth that is unavoidable and terrifying and, and scary, and, but needs to be addressed. And so I just put pen to paper and was writing story. I hadn't experienced either of those things, but my heart just poured open into that script. That's actually my mom's favorite soul survivor. I've <laughs> written other ones when I really learned how to write. I mean, before I was just just writing based on, well, I've read, I've read plays, so it's got to be like this, right? But then I remember right after that, I uh, I wrote a script called The Virgin, and this was when I found out I did not get into NYU, and I was just heartbroken, crushed. And I was like, oh my God, I'm going to write this script and this girl is just going to go crazy and um, drugs and alcohol and she's going to be this little church girl, which were things that I, I was. I grew up very sheltered church girl. But I was like, you know, and she'll go to New York and do all this stuff. And I was just, it was very dark. It's my mom's least favorite. Uh, <laughs> but that's when I first realized the power of writing and storytelling and just opening your heart. Because, you know, I let a few people read that. But not a lot of people that that was really deep. The girl died at the end of an overdose. Like I was really in a dark, sad place. (laughs) And I wrote that my my senior year in college, in high school, actually. And and I remember being like, well, I can't let people see this. This is too much of my heart and soul and my sadness and embarrassment. Well, then I, I was like, I'll just go sing and dance because at least then I can, you know, put on a smiley face. People will laugh. People will clap, <laughs> cheer, and we'll just leave it at that. Uh, and then later in life, I learned that writing could heal just because, hey, some people need to know those stories about the sadness and about the anger and about the pain to see that we can get through it. We can overcome it. We can still achieve the goals that we want to achieve, but also we can just wake up the next day. And that's what movies have always done for me. Watching those movies, What's Love Got to Do With It is my favorite movie. I, Tina is one of my favorite books because I'm like, well, shoot, if Tina Turner could get up that next day and keep going, I can do it. And I can make people feel like they can do it too because God got me through it. And that's what writing eventually became for me. But it, it was a long journey to get there. Wow. Thank you for sharing that. 
you know, oftentimes the vulnerability, the availability that we guard so much and hold so deeply to our heart is the food and the fuel that we're all desperately in need of. It allows that connection. And exactly what you said, you writing that story, The Virgin, was a purge. And it came out in words what you didn't have to do to your body. You know, what you, you wrote what didn't have to physically manifest. Mm -hmm. um, so that was a win. Yeah. And even in the story, it having a tragic ending, you know, even in those instances, and he got always go, but does it though? And the reason I say that is because our journeys are our journeys are our journeys. Mm -hmm. And everything doesn't always tie up nicely in a bow. And I mean, I'm a, I'm a silver lining girl and I know you are too. Like you said, okay, well instead I'll go and sing a dance and that'll yeah. bring the joy, you know, but <laughs> oftentimes we got to go through it. We got to trudge just like you said with what's love got to do with it. Tina can get up every day and do it. So can I. Yeah. And you said you didn't end up getting into NYU, but I believe if I'm not mistaken, I met you while you were living in New York. Where, Where is home and what made you go there anyway? Home is Fort Worth, Texas, which is known for, you know, it's football and it's horses, not, not a whole bunch of horses just running around the streets of Fort Worth, but it's not known for musical theater. Definitely not a Black girl growing up in an all-white community deciding to Oh, well, let's go audition for Annie. But I thank my mom for taking me to that audition. But I always just knew, hey, I don't exactly feel like I fit here all the time. Um, I definitely felt loved there. So don't get me wrong, but they definitely felt like, huh, let's go find where we're supposed to be, which sent me to Boston, Boston Conservatory, which I loved that experience and found some lifelong friends. And then that transitioned me to New York for theater as well, which is uh, where I was when we met. Yeah. 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 And so is New York or was New York your home, your ending point, or did you have more transition? I now live in Los Angeles. Um, I loved my time in New York. And as soon as uh, I left the Boston Conservatory, I went on to New York and was, you know, forming, auditioning, meeting these Broadway legends and, 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 and interesting parties and surroundings. And I was just like, oh my goodness, this isn't at all what I expected, at all what I thought being a performer would be, this isn't fame, this isn't um, center stage or, you know, any of those <laughs> movies that we see where we're just like, oh, well, this is what it must be like. You go to New York and then you're an instant success and nobody talks about what happens in the in-between. Like before Angela Bassett was Angela Bassett as we know it, she struggled, she auditioned, she got parts, she lost parts, she was rejected, like, but we don't talk about that. And I, that's really what drew me back to writing was because I was like, okay, well, I'm living these experiences and, and I want to talk to people about it and, and tell them some highs and some lows. Um, so I created a docu-series about 
rising artists in New York and how they can fall in love with it and how they can hate it, but they got up and they they tried every single day. But that writing that stuck with me and I couldn't let it go. I put it on the back burner to go perform and to go sing and dance in Boston and New York. But as soon as I put pen back to paper, it just started pouring out of me all over again. And I was like, right, let me focus on this um, and, and just go on and open my heart and stop running from it. So to that end, I started writing again, did workshops and readings, and that moved me to Los Angeles where I went to UCLA for screenwriting. And I've been here looking at palm trees and beaches and all that good stuff ever since. It takes a crazy amount of fearlessness to just do it. Would you say you're fearless or would you say you're, you have fear, but you do it anyway? I would say that I have fear, but I do it anyway with a lot of prayer. Uh, and whether I'm running for it or taking timid steps, I find myself just doing it anyway and putting myself in situations where I'm like, ugh, Anik, you didn't have to. <laughs> you could have just sat down. You could have done anything else. But here we are trying it again, committing again. And I think that's the heart and soul of an artist. It has to be. But a person who trusts and believes that God's going to get me. Uh, he's got no choice because <laughs> I, can't, I can't do this thing by myself. Um, but I also have these necklaces, that's, a couple of necklaces that say fearless. And I put them on and I it, it's a mindset. You know, sometimes you just have to talk yourself in and out of things. And I say, hey, let's be fearless today or, or let's run at it regardless. I love that. And I'm here with you 100%. I always say, whenever I see fear, and I see it often, I have to run towards it to prove that it's not real and watch it shatter into a million pieces because, you know, it, it, it greets me every day. <laughs> but then I, I remind myself that it can't live here because I won't leave room for it. It's too much attached to my name. I know it's so much attached to your name. Tell me, what brings you your greatest joy? Ooh, what brings me my greatest joy? First is family. Um, I love my silly little family. Um, <laughs> and they, uh, but my parents, I have an older sister and nieces. I have a niece and two nephews and they, they bring me a lot of joy mainly because they just accept me for who I am how I am, they know me in and out. They, you know, will let me sit there and ask them all these ridiculous questions. Family number one, friends, because you know, hey, that's the chosen family that I, I cherish friendships. Because whether I'm talking to you every day or checking on you once a year, we can pick up right where we left off because we've seen each other at our best and at our worst. And we've chosen to accept each other into, into our lives, no matter what. They also bring me joy in writing. Writing is a scary thing because you're opening your heart and your soul, but the things that you could find and the growth that, you know, you come out stronger for it because you've chosen to, Ooh, I'm going to put that on the page. I'm going to release that. Fear and be open and be vulnerable. 
in hopes that it will help somebody else like it helped me. And, you know, you just live in God's purpose. God told you to, hey, just mention this, write about this topic, let that out of you. Somebody else is going to hear it and know that they can, hey, maybe I can do it too. Hmm. Yeah. It lets us all know that we're not alone. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And it's so easy to feel alone, you know, whether it's just like, oh, you had a car wreck. Oh man, I'm by myself. Like, shoot, suffering through this, dealing with this. Oh, you have to move out of your house. Dang. But you know, sometimes you watch a movie that, or read a book that is just like, wow, you went through this, this, and that, this, that too. You're feeling like I'm feeling. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm still in this thing. We're in this together. Here we go. I'm not by myself. Yeah. I'm not by myself. What's one of the best lessons you've learned thus far? Um, It's a lesson that I'm learning right now. And that's to be myself and to be open. I worked in... When I moved to LA, I went to UCLA, like I said, for a year, I was working as a director's assistant um, and like volunteering and just like getting acquainted with the city. And then I went and worked for a literary management company. And that was the first time I had been back into corporate space and just, I really like recoiled. I didn't really know how to vibe there. I'm not a, a, a small talker, but you know, you're walking past my desk. Hi, Bill. Hi, Sue. You know, and I'm the person who's like, okay, well, tell me your deepest, darkest secrets. Like, <laughs> you know, you can't do that in an, in an office. So I found myself just losing bits and pieces of myself and my anxiety just went way up because I'm started to, I started to hide myself and I did not know where I fit. Definitely did not feel like I fit there. Not that they weren't, you know, nice people they absolutely were but it was just felt restricted and felt like I just made myself small so I'm learning to be absolutely myself love myself bring my absolute self into every single room that I step into and, and make space you know take up space I was auditioning as well and you kind of walk into the room hi I'm in, I'm in the and you know Yes, as soon as the piano starts to play and I'm going to sing you a song, hit a note, you're going to see me. But there was anxiety in, in that first bit of that too, you know, feeling like I'm apologizing before I've even done anything wrong. And being myself is not always easy, you know, especially coming from like a people-pleasing mindset that I'm also looking to break um, and actively doing so. But that has been an, an exciting, necessary challenge. Just be yourself because people love, people will love you if you are you, you know, you're faking it and acting like somebody else that, that doesn't serve anybody. And that can cause like disease, dis-ease, you know, <laughs> you're bottling all this stuff in when you're meant to shine and be big and Take up space. You saying that was speaking all kinds of stuff to my soul. <laughs> like um, sometimes when we make ourselves small, I'm, I'm guilty of that. Uh, you said I want to bring my absolute self into every room. 
and uh, you want to break the people-pleasing mindset. Ugh, honey, thank you for saying that. Thank you, thank you for saying that because you're not alone, especially about going into those auditions. You know, we're trying to fill a room or read a room and join versus read the room and just be. Mm-hmm. You know, we get to, and, and you said, you said like, make space absolutely make space sometimes we got to push you know some chairs over to the side so we can stand in all the glory of who we are and i just love you for saying that because i i'm where i'm on that journey too anique of being big of being fully who i am and it being okay if it's too much for certain rooms and not enough for others you know because i'm going to learn the lesson in each room that i'm meant to learn and I'm going to be there at that time because that's where I'm supposed to be at that time. Mm-hmm. You know, tell me in this journey of self-exploration of, of uh, falling, I'll say falling in love with yourself because I feel like that's what I'm doing. Forty has introduced me to a whole new love I've never known, uh, never known for myself and making room for myself and not caring so much about what other people say you're pleasing others what has been your greatest takeaway in loving you hmm. i guess self-acceptance um realizing that there's a purpose i'm here for a reason i think we're all here for a reason but or and rather, and just, hey, and loving myself, I'm realizing that there's a reason that God was like, let's go on and toss this girl into this world at this time with these people to do a multitude of things. And that's a good reason to want to wake up every day. Yeah. Yeah. You saying that just reminds me and hopefully other people that we are gifts. We are unique on purpose. And how we look, what we bring, what we offer this world, what we share, and what we hold tight to ourselves is all valid and necessary. Yeah. Whatever we're doing, no matter what, you know, we're here touching people's lives. No matter what we are doing every single day, whether we're a cashier at the Apple store, given a, but I've also worked at the Apple store, you know, giving an older lady a computer and teaching her how to use it for the first time. We're providing value to this woman who can now connect to her grandkids who are cross country or in another country. You know, there's value in every single thing that we do, whether we're just smiling and telling somebody to have a good day. We don't know what people have gone through in life. So no matter how big or how small. Yeah, because it's all big. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I'm so grateful you said that. You know, we as a society sometimes can put weight on um, celebrity or um, what's in the lights and 
God doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he, he puts weight on every single individual that he breathed breath into and decided to create because there's a purpose attached. And that's such a beautiful thing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and we all hold a purpose. Oh, girl, you got me. <laughs> it makes me want to be even more aware the next time I go out, whose eyes I look into, whose soul I connect with, what energy I'm bringing, and not to judge it, just to let it be. Yeah. Just to be in that moment. Anik, how can people get to know more about you? Like socials or if you'd like to share? Yes. Um, Anik Dijay is my Instagram as well as Twitter. I'll be honest, I'm not on Twitter so much. There's a lot of noise on Twitter, so I'll just pop up and say a, a random thing or two. But uh, Instagram, you can find me on Instagram. Can you spell your name for us or, or your handle? Yes, absolutely. A N I C H D J A E. Fantastic. Fantastic. I got one more question for you. Mm-hmm. What would you like people to take away from meeting you? Um, a little bit of my heart, my lack of judgment, kindness. I like that people would see God in me, but I won't beat you upside the head with a whole bunch of scriptures, but just know that, hey, a person that loves God loves you very much. Uh, I think Christians are getting a bad rap right now. <laughs> so I want you to see God in, in me and through me and know that you are not alone. You are loved. That's so beautiful. I felt and still feel all of those things. Thank you, Anique, for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Anique, I give all my guests this, and I'm so grateful to give it to you today. I mean, seeing you all, I want to make sure you feel the energy that I'm feeling right now, because you're probably wondering, why do I feel so calm, so cool, so collected? I know I, I feel it too. I think it's the energy and it, it transfers even through audio. I pray and I hope that Anique's ease, her comfort, her presence, her comfortability, her vulnerability and her story touches you in a way that you Remember that you deserve to be seen and heard and respected and loved just because. Thank you for joining us today. Until next time. Bye. Thank you for joining us for another episode of POV with Kristen ha. Gilmore. See you next time. Bye. Ha. Ooh. Ha. Ooh.